0: So we've done a few podcasts covering sleep, but mostly talking about sleep in babies and infants.
1: Yeah, well, we you know, sleep is good, right? (laughs) (laughs) We love sleep over here at Kids Considered. (laughs) Yeah, and um, we did the recent um, American Academy of Pediatrics AAP Safe Sleep Guidelines for Babies, and we did that update. But we we haven't talked about um, another very important group when it comes to sleep.
0: And that is my favorite age group, teenagers.
1: <laughs> we did review the importance of sleep for teens in our episode on school start times and how that could really impact, um, positively impact um, teen sleep by having later school start times.
0: Yeah, but geez, that was a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um But recently, one of my colleagues asked me to give a talk at their children's high school on sleep and screen time. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the high school. It was part of this, like, wellness workshop. And I had all of the students write down on a little piece of paper, sort of at the start of the workshop, how much sleep they got last night. And then I also had them write down, like, their average daily screen time Mm -hmm. on there. And I was completely floored at the numbers that I was seeing.
1: Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that they... Did a lot of screen time and maybe not enough sleep?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like for most of the time, the numbers were like the same. So it was like five (laughs) hours and five hours or six hours and six hours. And I was like, this is way too little sleep, guys. I mean, most were averaging maybe six or seven hours a night. Mm -hmm. And so I've thought, oh, my gosh, we need to do a podcast on this to talk about the benefits of quality sleep and how we can get our teens better sleep.
1: Yeah. And how many hours they should really aim for.
0: Right. And then some strategies to improve the sleep duration and the quality of sleep in this age group.
1: So before we get into all this, let's talk about why teens get such a bad reputation when it comes to sleep.
0: Luckily, we can blame it all on their physiology and not on them. They're not lazy. They're not <laughs> any anything like that. So we know that teen sleep cycles shift during puberty and it's thought to occur for a few different reasons. One is that their sleep drive, that like that sleepiness over the day that like finally like hits you it builds Mm -hmm. more slowly which means that they don't get tired until later so if previously they went to bed at like 8 p.m every night in their you know school age years Mm -hmm. you know middle school elementary after puberty you're really looking at a two-hour delay so like closer to 10 p.m is when they're going to get tired
1: And teenagers, their brains start to wait longer to produce melatonin. Melatonin is a natural sleep hormone, and that's produced in the brain's pineal gland, and that helps promote sleep.
0: All right, so how much sleep is ideal for teenagers?
1: So the National Sleep Foundation and the American Academy of Sleep Medicine agree that teens need between 8 and 10 hours of sleep per night.
0: Eight to 10 hours. But unfortunately, we know that around 70% of teens are not getting that recommended amount of sleep.
1: Wow. So only 30% of teens get the right amount of sleep. Yeah, that's a big deal. And we know that because if kids are getting really, if they're having poor sleep, that's tied to so many problems with their physical health, their emotional well-being, and their school performance, their ability to learn.
0: Yeah. So let's dive into those effects of poor sleep a little bit more.
1: We know that poor sleep negatively affects academic performance. Teens that sleep less than the recommended time of 8 to 10 hours struggle with retention of information, attention, and creativity.
0: Mm -hmm. And outside of schoolwork, we know that teens who sleep less are more likely to engage in risky behaviors such as drunk driving, Texting while driving, riding a bike without a helmet, drug and alcohol use, smoking, high-risk sexual behavior, (laughs) fighting, carrying a weapon, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And that is tied to less sleep.
1: Yeah, and with risky behavior when driving, you know, that's one thing. But even just driving drowsy has its own risks. So hundreds of thousands of car crashes happen yearly from driving while overtired, and somewhere around 6,400 of these end up being fatal car accidents.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we know that over half, so 55% of drowsy driving crashes involve those under 25 years old. It's so important because we commonly talk to teens about the risks of drunk driving and mm-hmm. we forget this, which is an equally important conversation and, and maybe even more important because it probably occurs more frequently, mm-hmm. that that being tired is actually equally impairing. And, I, you know, it's not just teens. I think of us as medical residents mm-hmm. when I was in my residency working these long shifts overnight and then, you know, being up for for 13 hours or more working and then driving home in the morning. It was such a big deal that I think the, the Office of Graduate Medical Education has set up like a Uber fund or other things so that residents could get home safely if they felt overtired in the morning.
1: Yeah, they've actually had some studies showing that, Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So poor sleep can lead to increased caffeine use and stimulant abuse because they're trying to compensate for excessive sleepiness.
0: Right. And stimulants are those medications that can be used to treat like ADHD, but in this case, they might be used inappropriately. Uh And we know there's significant effects of poor sleep on teen mental health. So teenagers who sleep less report higher levels of depression, anxiety, or hopelessness. And we know that it's sort of like a vicious cycle because we need sleep to improve our mental health and then... Also, mental health or depression or anxiety makes it harder to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all of that, you just get stuck in this cycle and it's hard to get out. And I know that, like, for me, when I'm not sleeping, especially, like, in this, you know, postpartum period, my anxiety and my, like, my all of that kind of stuff gets so much exacerbated when I'm not sleeping well.
1: Yeah. And then you think, I got to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> And then exactly. there's, like, more pressure. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's not just that poor sleep influences teens' concentration, academics, and mental health, which makes sense. There's a higher risk of obesity and blood sugar issues with inadequate sleep. The regulation of hormones and enzymes that help process fat and sugar are intricately linked to the optimal timing of sleep.
0: So you're telling me I can lose weight just by sleeping? Now, that is a workout <laughs> plan I can get by. Um, and there's also some data to suggest that optimal sleep can help your immune system function better. I don't know, Dr. Dean, have you heard that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're sleep deprived, the, there's an increased amount of stress and then your immune your immune system um, does not work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, most people are convinced that sleep is important for teens. But, you know, there's barriers um, that are preventing them from getting the recommended 8 to 10 hours a night. So. What do teens identify as the most common barriers to getting enough sleep?
0: Yeah, it seems like external time pressures is the number one cause that they identify for sure. So Mm -hmm. one of which is school start times. Here in California, voters actually passed a bill that was implemented just this year in 2022 that Dr. Dean and I advocated for, um, which is that public California high schools would not start before 8.30 a.m., Because that way we know that because their sleep cycles are shifting later, they have a little bit more time to sleep in and therefore get that recommended time.
1: Mm -hmm. There's other time pressures, things like sports practice after school or finishing homework um, after school.
0: Yep. And then another big barrier to getting adequate sleep for teens is having a cell phone or TV or computer in the bedroom and being... On it up until they shut off their lights. Mm -hmm. So Common Sense Media did a study that reported one-third of teens actually sleep with their phones in bed with them.
1: Yeah, so there's good research to show that interacting with media, whether it's video games, social media, or others before bed, that that impacts our brain's ability to shut down and go to sleep.
0: The light from our screens actually suppresses that natural sleepy hormone, melatonin, in our brains. And so so. That's not a good thing, obviously, when we're trying to fall asleep.
1: Yeah. So we've reviewed the importance of sleep for teens and what's keeping them from getting enough sleep. But let's spend some time talking about practical tips for getting closer to the desired eight to 10 hours a night.
0: Mm -hmm. So the most important is sticking to a routine. So you want regular bedtimes and wake times. You go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning and this means yes on weekends, too. I know that's a hard one for teenagers. Obviously, there's going to be like some exceptions. Like when I told the teens this, they're like, jaws dropped. And I'm like, if you have like a school dance the night before, then that's one thing. But like on from the vast majority of days, you should go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time.
1: That can be a real challenge. Yeah, because some people think, you know, I'm not getting enough sleep during the week and I'm really the, incurring the sleep debt. So maybe I should just make up for it by sleeping longer on the weekends. Um and 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 then I'll then I'll be healthier sleep-wise. So is that a good thing? Does that work?
0: No, unfortunately, the benefits of good sleep have to be consistent. This is a such a common teen thing. Like they're like, "Oh, well, that's me on on Saturday and Sunday, I get like 13 hours. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the days I get 6." And I'm like, "Ugh." Right. It no, it has to be consistent. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work
1: that way, yeah. So make sure that you're creating the right sleep environment. People sleep better when it's dark, when it's cool, really less than 75 degrees, and, and quiet. And sleep onset is prompted by your body's falling temperature. And it's interesting, you know, people may not be aware of this, but the body temperature fluctuates throughout the day and it decreases throughout the night And then you wake up usually about two hours after you get to your lowest temperature. So sometimes people recommend taking a hot shower before bed, and that might help the body start the process of cooling down.
0: Yeah, it is interesting how intricately sleep is related to body temperature. Mm -hmm. If you need them, you may consider blackout curtains or an eye mask to keep it dark in the room earplugs, or like a white noise machine depending on if you're sensitive to noise or you need a little bit of noise but mm-hmm. check out our noise episode because you don't want you want to make sure your noise machine is not too high. <laughs> <Noisy>. right
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah so what it what it, how do you create your ideal sleep environment
0: uh for me I like it dark so we mm-hmm. have blackout curtains the house is generally pretty cool it's like I think it's we usually set it at like 70 mm-hmm. and I like like a, a I have to have like a blanket on top of me, like a little bit of like pressure. What about you?
1: So do you use one of those like weighted blankets or no,
0: it's not a weighted blanket. It's just like a du you know, like a duvet or a comforter, but I need the house cool enough that I can use that like I can't just have like a sheet.
1: I like it really cool, so I don't think our thermostat goes down to like like fifty nine or sixty or something oh my at, gosh at, at night and that's that's so much more important to me than like the quiet or dark like mm-hmm. the quiet or dark doesn't matter as much the cool is is really important
0: mm, got it well you know also like this new motherhood thing has thrown me for a loop, but just this week we're getting usually through the night until six am oh so that's great sleep is improving <laughs> uh-huh. another tip is that you want to make sure that the bedroom is for sleeping only or at least the bed area so if you have a desk or something doing your homework there is okay but many teens will use their bed to do their homework or Mm -hmm. text or scroll on social media and you really want to keep all of the like stressful things of your day outside of your sleeping space
1: okay so here's one that's gonna come as a surprise to some teens right no napping napping is bad
0: I know, but a good nap is so good sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean all teenagers and many of us love a good nap, but you really want to avoid them if you're having any issues getting this desired amount of sleep at night, especially ones after 3 p.m. that can really throw off your ability to fall asleep at bedtime.
1: Right, and most parents, most adults have probably experienced that, right? You know, you just mm-hmm. you just succumb to that nap and then like later at night you're like, "Why <laughs> why aren't I falling asleep?" <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Eating healthy is also important. Getting some physical activity early in the day helps. Um, Eating healthy foods and getting exercise, getting outdoors during the day really exposes you to natural sunlight, and that can help your body get in a good rhythm. And avoid intense exercise in the late evening. You don't want to be like doing some intense workout just before going to bed. I mean, that's going to kind of get you all riled up, right? That could actually do the opposite of what you're hoping for.
0: Yep, and find some time after the school day to clear your mind. So, so many of us ruminate over like our anxieties, our to-do lists, all of that as we're like laying there trying to get to sleep. The more we can offload those thoughts like long before we try to go to bed by writing them down, talking to our parents or loved ones about those things earlier, that can be helpful. For teens that struggle a lot with this leading to insomnia, there's actually some cognitive behavioral approaches. Like that's a type of therapy we've talked about before in our anxiety and depression episodes that can be helpful specifically for insomnia.
1: You know, I find that writing things down is very useful for me. Like you just like put it on a piece of paper. It's there. It still exists, but it's like set aside. It's like, okay. I can
0: vouch for this because Dr. Dean's desk is filled <laughs> with these like little post-it notes. And so uh-huh. like when I go in and he's like, Oh, Lena, I had something to talk to you about. And he'll like flip through his like can't 50, find that right. <laughs> 50 And he's like, which where was it? What was it? Where's your post-it note? So that I mean, that works for you, right? Mm-hmm. Same with me. Like mine's on my phone because mm-hmm. we're of different generations. <laughs> but mine is like all of the things I need to get done for the week. And and so if if something comes up that I'm thinking about, I'll just put it there. Like you're mentally offloading yourself, right?
1: I should probably do that since I can't read my own writing anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so avoiding caffeine is also a good idea. If you avoid caffeine in the afternoon and alcohol, also, um, you know, although you know, hopefully most teens aren't drinking um, because this also impairs sleep quality and duration. Um, I think it's also worthwhile to mention that while many people have viewed marijuana as a natural sleep aid. There's actually studies that show that smoking marijuana could have long term negative effects on sleep.
0: Yeah, one study found that teens who used marijuana were more likely to experience insomnia as adults. Um, so, this looked at 1,800 twins and found that a third of the participants who started smoking marijuana before age 17 developed insomnia as adults, which is so significant. And insomnia is. I mean, we're not, we're talking about not getting like the desired amount of sleep of that eight to 10 hours, but like insomnia is, is worse than that. And I, I can't think of anything I'd rather not have than insomnia.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So best to, best to avoid marijuana.
0: And find a few calming things that you can do every night to remind your body that it's time for bed as part of your routines. Like, Some deep breathing, maybe some meditation, like some gentle stretching. I'm really big into like a mint or herbal tea at night. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any bedtime rituals? You know, I like Besides to... getting freezing. Yeah. <laughs> I, like,
1: I like to read a novel, and hopefully it's an interesting novel, but not too exciting because I don't want to get all revved up. But, yeah. you know, if it is really exciting, I might, like, like to set it aside and read something more calming, like a magazine article. What about you?
0: I mean, I have the, the cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I will usually, like, get into bed and then try to put my device away, like, mm-hmm. well before. So, like... I mean, I could be better. I probably put it away like 30 minutes before when I should aim for an hour Um, on days that I am like a little bit extra stressed. And I may have talked about this before, but like definitely all throughout medical school when I had like a big test or if I have have had like a particularly stressful day, I take like a warm bath, like, Mm -hmm. you know, usually like 30 minutes before bed and like light some candles and make it all dark just to kind of like de-stress from the day.
1: Mm -hmm. That sounds great.
0: So besides your nighttime rituals, like I mentioned, we really want to remember to ditch our devices. Um, If at all possible, keep it charging out of your bedrooms for teenagers. And parents, I'm looking at you because a lot of parents have this as a rule. And I think it's sometimes hard for us to control our impulses when it comes to screens. And so a parent setting some rules and expectations in the house of this can be really useful Mm -hmm. You want them to really turn it in an hour before bedtime.
1: What about setting your device on the night mode so that theoretically it emits less blue light and that shouldn't suppress melatonin as much?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is probably better than nothing if you just realize like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this hour before bedtime thing then it's probably worth changing. But ideally, you really want to get rid of that interactive media altogether Mm -hmm. because you really want to shut your brain to be single to shut down that it's time for sleep.
1: So what if you do everything right to prepare yourself for sleep and you get into bed and the teen is just like laying there staring at the ceiling thinking, I'm here, I'm ready to sleep, (laughs) but it's just not happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have this like horrible like it's almost like trauma to me before one of my board exams in med school Mm -hmm. i think i was so anxious and so revved up that i was just laying there like in bed right just but for some reason i had that song margaritaville stuck in my head (laughs) Uh and it was like like replaying in my head over and over and Mm -hmm. i was like why like i don't even listen to i don't even know who is that jimmy buffett um, jimmy buffett yeah Yeah. it's like Uh why do i have jimmy buffett stuck in my head right now and now like to this day if i it it happened it lasted for hours and i think i probably got like you know four or five hours of sleep that night
1: it's a catchy tune
0: whenever it comes on the radio i'm like I have to change the channel. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. But so let's say you're in that situation mm-hmm. and Margaritaville is playing in your head, and you cannot sleep, or you're just staring there, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't go to sleep." You could try a few different relaxation techniques, so like counting numbers backwards, something super boring like that, right? Or or deep relaxed breathing. If you've really been awake for more than 20 minutes, try to get up and do something boring like in dim light until you feel sleepy and then get back in bed and try again. Mm -hmm. The most important thing, though, is if you get thrown off your routine with one of these nights, you want to stick to the routine and avoid like taking a nap the next day or something like that, even if you're tired.
1: Mm -hmm. So those are all totally doable strategies, but... How do you counsel teens on medications for sleep? Do you ever recommend any medications to help teens go to sleep?
0: Short answer is usually not. Um, The most commonly used medications for sleep in teens are probably antihistamines. So think of like Benadryl Mm -hmm. or natural sleep aids like melatonin. So we talked about the natural sleep hormone that our brain does a great job of producing if we give it the environment to do so. Um, but it's also been manufactured as a tablet or a liquid or you know a medication that you can take.
1: Yeah, so the Benadryl. Be aware that sometimes there are paradoxical effects with Benadryl, and they can <laughs> like kids can take it thinking it's going to make them sleepy, and instead it acts like a stimulant. And yeah. melatonin is available as a supplement. They're available over the counter without a prescription, and they're you know they're marketed um heavily with catchy names like Z Quill or Unisom or Calm
0: <laughs> yeah. It makes you think, hmm, that that's going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the American Academy of Sleep Medicine has recommended against treating insomnia with over-the-counter antihistamines and analgesic sleep aids, as well as herbal and nutritional substances, such as melatonin or valerian is another one that might be used, because there's not enough evidence to show that they're effective or safe, and they may actually pose some risks.
1: Mm -hmm. So natural supplements like melatonin are not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. In other countries like Australia and in the EU, melatonin actually requires a prescription. But how many people are using this in the U.S.? Because it's, you know, I think it's pretty common, right?
0: Oh my gosh, it's so common. And it's hard to know for sure, right, because it's over the counter. So Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to get the data on this. But an article that the New York Times did noted that melatonin sales overall had increased by 87% the year prior to March 2020. Mm -hmm. And we also know that melatonin overdoses in children, so like calls into poison control, have increased by over 500% in the last 10 years. So definitely people are using these more.
1: Mm -hmm. So we mentioned that melatonin is a hormone which is naturally produced by the pineal gland in, in our brains. And it helps regulate our circadian or body clock. Um, At higher doses, it may induce sleep. The natural rise of melatonin levels in the body um, occurs one to three hours before sleep onset. And this is known as the dim light melatonin onset, DLMO. DLMO.
0: I know I didn't know about this, but it means that I didn't know about this part. If you're dosing melatonin correctly, you should really give it one to three hours before the desired bedtime at the lowest effective pos- dose possible. So some mm-hmm. parents will think like, oh, I'm going to give them like 10 milligrams and that's really going to like shut them down. But that mm-hmm. you actually want it to be more physiologic. Mm-hmm. So the lowest dose possible. And we can see side effects with melatonin. And that includes morning drowsiness, increased bedwetting headaches, dizziness, nausea, and diarrhea.
1: If you're considering trying melatonin or any of the -the over-the-counter sleep aids with your teen, it's a good idea to talk to your teen's physician. And we'll have some um, resources up on our website for
0: this. And if all of the sleep interventions fail and you really can't seem to get to the bottom of your or your teen's sleep issues, Mm -hmm. it's good to check in with your your doctor, because there are sleep medicine experts that can help even around these behavioral strategies. And they can also look into more medical causes that we've talked about before, like sleep apnea or any other things that might be contributing.
1: So that wraps up this episode on Team sleep. We would like to thank Doctors Kieran Nondaliki and Dr. Sanjay Jawar, their pediatric pulmonologists and sleep medicine physicians, for reviewing this episode, although Dr. Lena and I take full responsibility for any errors or misinformation.
0: So let's summarize today's episode on teen sleep.
1: Quality, consistent sleep is very important for teens, but unfortunately, we know that 70% report that they do not get the recommended 8 to 10 hours a night.
0: And there's many reasons they aren't able to achieve this, including their changing physiology with sleep cycles shifting towards later bedtimes, competing activities and academics, and diverted attention and mental health struggles.
1: Poor sleep can cause a variety of health consequences, including poor learning, attention problems, increased risky behaviors, car accidents, and even blood sugar and weight issues.
0: Thankfully, changing our behavior surrounding sleep, or what we call sleep hygiene, can have a huge impact on improving sleep.
1: And we discussed several strategies, including having a consistent sleep and wake routine, ditching devices an hour before bed, avoiding naps, and setting up your sleep environment and more.
0: We reviewed why medications, even common over-the-counter ones and supplements, are not routinely recommended to treat sleep problems.
1: And when following up with your physician is recommended.
0: All right. There's got to be a million sleep jokes. There are
1: a lot of sleep jokes. So why did the teenager run around her bed? (laughs) Why? To catch up on her sleep.
0: Ah, that's an okay one.
1: Yeah. What do you call a sleeping bull? What? A bulldozer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That one's better. I like the bulldozer. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I literally cannot wait until I get 7 to 8 hours of sleep consistently at night again.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I used to go in to make rounds at the Shriners a couple of days a week at um 6:30, 6:45. And that really interfered with my, <laughs> my sleep. Um, but then COVID happened and everything changed. And um, I still, you know, like working at Shriners, but I no longer make those early morning rounds. And yeah. that's like really improved the quality of my sleep. But, you know, when I was yeah. a teenager, I was, I was that teenager who stayed up late at night.
0: Mm-hmm. I used
1: to have a routine where I watched the um, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh-huh. So it yeah. was like 1130 to, to 1 a.m. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I would get up at about five a.m. to mm-hmm. like start the day and get to school really early, and then basically sleep through all my classes.
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, I know it is. It's really hard. It, it's like when your when your physiology changes. I mean, I always have been a decent sleeper. I think at most, even as a teenager, I. I shifted, but I went from, like, 7 to 9. And so this has thankfully never been a big issue for me. Even as a teen, I've been able to sleep. But I was a napper. Even in college, I would take naps, too. Mm -hmm. And I would see how that would throw off my nights big time. Mm -hmm. And so we totally get it. Like, you know, it's like the pot calling the kettle black Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like when I'm talking to teenagers, Mm -hmm. but it really just comes from like the best place of knowing how much benefit this could have, especially if they're having some of these other struggles of mental health issues or weight issues or or school struggles. Like this is one of those super easy things that you can do at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, not super easy, but like like huge impacts for not that much effort. Like and who doesn't love to sleep? Right, so, exactly. just right. <laughs> improving sleep is all you need to do. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Kids Considered.
0: You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered.
0: And Instagram at Kids Considered.
1: If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you
0: please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388.
1: Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com.
0: Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts.
1: Thank you for listening and we hope you will join us for our next podcast.
0: Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.